voice of the Mountaineers, who joins us now from Morgantown. And, uh, Tony, good to hear that call. Fun to think back about full stadiums and fans and games <laughs> last year and looking forward to this season. Appreciate you being on. How are you? John, I'm wonderful. It's always uh, wonderful to spend time with the nicest guy in broadcasting. And that particular cut you just played yes. uh, was talked about this week. That was the last game of the season for West Virginia. So up until this week, it was the last time a Mountaineer football player had had shoulder pads on. Oh, yeah. Obviously, spring never got to the point where they put the gear on, so this week was the first time since that game that they actually had full gear to go. Wow, how about that? That's a long yeah. time, isn't it? Man, it long really time. Yeah. How would you uh, characterize practices as going? How, how are practices going uh, so far? They seem to be going, and obviously this is all under the – you know, um, the craziness of the world that we're living in. They seem to be extremely happy with how things are going to this point. They're doing things differently, John, than I think most people are. What they've done is they've split the team in two, not based on depth chart, but rather based on guys that are normally around one another. And so it's not based on the depth chart at all to this point. Guys that live with each other, things like that. So to try to keep it as same as possible. And they go in two straight, two different groups, groups of about 50 each. They do absolutely nothing indoors. They report outside. They lift outside. They put their gear on outside. They eat outside, meet outside. So to this point, um, they feel that everything's going well. We had a spike in the virus after the 4th of July weekend, which was bad. And since then, um, things have been really good. And at this moment, the last couple of weeks, we've had zero positive tests. Wow, that sounds good. Sounds like the way you're doing it now is working. Uh, Baylor has put up a bunch of tents on campus and around our athletic facilities to you know, kind of keep people outdoors a little more. Are right. you all doing that, or are you just, just flat outdoors? So they're outside. Um, the, all of the weights from the weight room, and you can imagine the massive undertaking that is, have been put uh, to the, one of the concourses in the football stadium. Okay. So the opposite from where you enter in on the press box right. side. The, all the weights are over there. And um, other than that, they're, they're pretty much outdoors. And it's kind of weird because, or weird or the way that it worked out, they had done a complete overhaul of our what we used to call the facilities building, in other words, the offices. And so when you guys get here, you'll see that the construction is still underway. They completely redid the locker room. They just let the kids see the locker room for the very first time this past Wednesday. Hmm. And that was the first time. So we've had major construction that was already planned, throw in that, hey, you shouldn't be indoors. So it just made it and whether to say it's easier or not, yeah. it just made it uh, more acceptable to be uh, to do it this way. It's been a good time to do uh, construction projects, hasn't it? Oh my goodness, <laughs> buddy, it's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, the one thing was they didn't have to worry about people getting in their way, right? Because <laughs> exactly. no one was around for all those months. All right, so we get uh, the schedule. The the good news uh, from the Big Twelve that they're marching on, you know, pressing forward plans to play this year. That's the plan as of today. Uh, right. How was that received? Uh, there in Morgantown? Well, it's huge. I mean, like everyone, John, um, as, as you know, uh, football is, uh, is just such a, a big thing for so many different reasons besides the financial side of what happens if you don't play. I mean, it's just it's a part of the culture, and it's part of the tradition, and people 
that's what that's what everything is focused on. You know, I do a talk show 12 months a year, and we probably talk Mountaineer football or Mountaineer basketball 96% of the time, right? Mm-hmm, so, right. I mean, this is what the whole thing is about, and the chance of that not happening – uh, was always uh, kind of a pall over the whole thing. And, again, as you said, uh, you said day-to-day, I mean, hour by hour. Right. Uh, who knows? Uh, we're hopeful. Uh, it seems as though the Big 12 has really come upon some really good testing uh, protocols with the three tests a week and plus the uh, other heart tests um, that they have mandated if someone does test positive. So I guess you feel as good as you can right now. But, again, every day is kind of like you don't know. Tony Caridi, our guest, longtime voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Tony, uh, yesterday Mark Emmer announced that no championships will be played this fall other than football. Have you had a chance to speak to any of the players or coaches that are affected by this decision? You know, it's a good question. I literally uh, was going to make a call here um, just before I got on to one of the folks at WVU in the athletic department to figure out exactly how that's going to be handled because that would obviously involve women's soccer and volleyball uh, specific to West Virginia. Actually, West Virginia plays men's soccer, but they're a member of the Mid-American Conference, so that already was shelved. So I don't know what does the Big 12, what does the SEC and the ACC do now with those other sports? Do they have their own championship? Do they now tap the brakes, pause, and go to spring? I think that's a big question. We, we, I literally need to find that answer out. I don't think they, they're 100% sure just yet. Well, looking at football, do y'all know how many fans are actually going to be allowed at uh, home games so far? That is a good question. West Virginia, to this point, is the only school in the league that hasn't come out with that data. I, my guess is, if any, if any, it'll be probably where most everyone else is in that twenty to twenty-five percent um, capacity. All right, Tony, uh, new schedules out this week, some shuffling a little bit. Uh, <laughs> one of the, the, well, really, the first thing I noticed is we were supposed to come to your place in late November. Now we're coming to your place in early October. So yeah. weather-wise, we kind of catch a break there. Yeah, you do, John. It'll be pretty. Uh, hopefully the game, uh, the game is still going on at that point. Yeah, isn't it wild? We were talking about this, that the game of football, as everyone knows, schedules are the most – uh, crazy when it comes to non-conference games, when you're scheduling like seven, eight, in our, some cases, ten years out. And there we were one month before the thing was supposed to start. Hey, hey the schedule is out. Yeah. So <laughs> that was pretty wild. Um, and, you know, to their credit, you know, the league's credit, that was, that, that's quite a challenge. Um, it, it flipped some things around. But at this point, John, I, I don't think – Anyone is going to put a poll down and start screaming from a respective school at this at this juncture because people just know that everything is just so different and unique. So they did what they had to do, and as you know, you just play the games and see what happens. Yeah, true. And am I right? Eastern Kentucky on September 12th is going to be your non-conference game. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that at this moment, September 12th non-conference off 19 of September, start the 26th, um, and then go at Oklahoma State, which is will be fun, uh, at Oklahoma State to start league play. Then the Bears come in the following week. All totaled, if you include the bye week between the non-conference game and league start, uh, we would have three bye weeks um, during the course of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we will, too. Yeah, yeah, we do too. Absolutely. Which is not bad to kind of build in a little cushion. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? We may need that over the course of the season. 
Yeah, plus you have, I mean, the potential of that December 12th right. date right, if things right. don't go well and you have to move the title game to the 19th. you got another piece of bounce in there. And, again, John, we sit here, we talk about it. We've been talking about it forever. And, again, you just you can talk about it, but, again, at the same time as you've seen, and I don't want to be, again, the great cloud on this thing, but at any point someone can just go, no, nah, we're not going to do it. Commissioner Bowlesby said that this week. You know, as soon as someone comes to them and raises a hand and says, hey, this is why not, and it reaches to that point, then this thing, the whole thing could be shelved. Personally, as you know, I mean, I want to see this done. Um, we're seeing other sports play, but college football is the most unique of all of those because you can't bubble and you have that contact, potential contact with the uh, student athletes, with the general masses. Can they be disciplined enough? Um, that's, that's the great question. I know practice is just, it's just getting underway, and we're probably not to the point where we're looking at position battles yet, but do you expect Jarrett Duggy to be the starting quarterback this season? That's a great question. So uh, Jarrett Duggy, the transfer from Bowling Green, who finished as the quarterback last year, and Austin Kendall, the Oklahoma transfer, who started uh, the first chunk of games to start the season, they were supposed to battle in spring ball, and obviously that never materialized. So at this point, um, it's a two-man race. Um, I don't know, and in all seriousness, I mean, I think it's going to be dictated upon how they do practice, and so far it's been relatively limited. They've only had four workouts so far, and yesterday really wasn't even a full um, go day. It was more of a walk-through day. So um, it's a battle. Uh, I don't know if there's uh, anyone in the firm lead as of yet. I think that's going to, they're going to try to resolve that here over the next couple of weeks. And uh, second year for Coach Neil Brown, uh, you know, been through that. I, I think there's always a transition year to some level. Uh, how much more comfortable, you know, might he be just having been through the league once and just through everything there at West Virginia for a year? I think very much. Um, as you know, John, uh, he is uh, he's, he's a rising star. And nothing has, uh, has flummoxed him um, since he got here. Everything has been on schedule as well as it can be. In, in this very, very unique circumstance. So, you know, when this whole thing started, he said, okay, you, you deal with what has been given to you. I want to be, you know, the team that handles the adversity, the best of any team in the country. So they've really worked at it. Um, and he feels, you know, I think he feels good where he is. Uh, recruiting is going extremely well for the next class that will be signing here um, coming up in December. So the pieces are there, um, but obviously he would have loved to have a conventional spring uh, to get his whole system through. But he feels as far as team chemistry and culture goes, he is really in a good position in comparison to the new guy that came in a year ago and was trying to make those relationships. Speaking of recruiting and the new facilities upgrade, how important is that from a recruiting aspect to have those new facilities? Well, as you know, it's it's vital, and if you don't, then it can be used against you. And so um, they're very, very cognizant of that, and they have, um, you know, spent a lot of money, like everyone else does in this league, just to make sure um, that it's not going to become a negative for you. And uh, I haven't personally been inside uh, the locker room yet, but from what I saw on video, um, it's uh, as you guys know, these things have become. Um, I don't know what you would call them. <laughs> I mean, modern-day museums to mm -hmm. themselves. It's, yeah. it's head-shaking, yeah. uh, to be quite honest with you. But they feel good where they are. 
Um, you know, this will be year nine, believe it or not, for West Virginia in the Big 12. And I think that initially what West Virginia tried to do was to move west and, you know, try to get into your area and maybe take a couple kids out of Texas or some kids Midwest. And then the realization was made, like, just be who you are. And so despite the fact that West Virginia is in the Big 12, still recruit who you are. And so um, it's, it's, the, it's the traditional areas for West Virginia. Uh, we don't have a bevy of kids just because of our population and state. So we hit upon Pennsylvania, Ohio, New Jersey, Virginia, and have made a much stronger effort now with Neil, um, Georgia, um, Alabama, and obviously Florida has always been huge for West Virginia ever since. Go back to the 19, early 1980s when Coach Don Nealon uh, was here. So they're back. We're back into our area where we get kids, and they're, they're thrilled and delighted with the class that they've been able to put together that will be signing coming up. All right, final thought, Tony. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, the Colonels, your first game, your non-conference game, uh, we don't even have our non-conference uh, opponent set yet, so I haven't done any work on that. Have you looked at Eastern Kentucky yet? Do you know what city in Kentucky they're located in? Richmond. Right? Very good. Do, okay, next question. Kentucky trivia uh, with Neil Brown being from Danville, Kentucky. Uh, yes. How far is Richmond from Danville? John, I'm going to say it's less than a full day's drive. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess here. Uh, since you asked me that question, I'm going to say it is less than two hours. Oh, yes. It's about 30 minutes away. Is that all the Yeah, days? Richmond okay. is really close. It really is. EKU is, uh, is not far away at all. So uh, maybe, maybe that was a factor in the scheduling with uh, Coach Brown being from Danville? Potentially it could be. Um, I, I don't know how long it's been on um, the chart. And, and, you know, West Virginia, John, had been in contact as well with Mid-American couples. They had a couple of those when it was still an unknown as to how many non-conference games you were going to be right. able to play. Uh -huh. And so um, Bowling Green, I think, was an option and things like that. So um, they're, they're, it's a good payday for them. You know, as you know, all of these, the lower-level schools, have been decimated financially because those are their money games. And um, they're at this moment, um, you know, even though F, uh, their, their, their side of things, um, FCS, right. has been hit, they, they're still planning on playing the game. Yeah, yeah. All right, so 30 minutes away. So there's your Kentucky trivia for the day. And, always uh, Kentucky trivia. There's yeah. always Kentucky trivia. Well, that's good. Shout out to Gravel Switch also. <laughs> and uh, you, you, tell, you tell Coach Brown I said hello, will you? I will do it, buddy. Great to visit with you. You stay safe, and uh, we'll see you in October, hopefully. Hopefully, John. Thanks, Thanks so much buddy. for the time. Thanks very much. You too. Tony Caridi, the great voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers.